Hello and welcome to the Start Creating Podcast, episode 21. This week, I deep dive into the possibility of Facebook removing likes from its platform, just like they've done on Instagram. We debate the fine art of education versus entertainment in YouTube, selfishness versus selflessness, and I shout at you to explain why nobody gives a fuck about you or your channel. Here we go! Hello and welcome to the Start Creating Podcast. A podcast dedicated to helping you grow on social media. From YouTube to Instagram and so much more. I am your host, Alan Spicer, your YouTube certified expert. I have around about 12 years worth of experience in this industry. From web development to social media marketing and video editing in itself. This podcast will be about news, tips, tricks, and your submitted questions should you need any help within the social media space. So follow, subscribe, enjoy the ride, go out there, start creating. So it would seem after a very, very long period of time of them testing Instagram likes in the last three, four months, that Facebook, which is the overlord of this empire, might be bringing the death of the like button to Facebook. Now, let's rewind and I'll give you a little catch-up for the people that weren't listening a few months back. Now, Instagram is an image-sharing website in which you post a selfie or a picture of your food or your cat or anything like that. Or in my case, if you go to Alan Spicer YT... There's a load of motivational pictures that I do on a daily basis-ish. Now, the idea is that you look at them. If you like them, you double-tap them, and it leaves a heart. And that's the overall metric for most people on those social media platforms. And in some cases, that's what people get wrapped up in. Their follows and their likes. Now, in my case, I use that platform to try and expand my reach so you can find my brand so you can always find alan spice or alan spice or yt on a social media platform like i'm on tiktok for example i'm on minds and twitter and reddit and stuff like that so i make sure that i spread my brand around as much as i can and let you know that there's something contextual in those places but for some people that is their ego or their personality or their worth in their eyes when they upload a picture and oh yeah great I always get a couple of hundred likes oh it's brilliant that that's my food or that's my body or my bum or my smile or whatever and people get caught within that fallacy that that likes mean they like you now what it actually means is that you're part of a system and you're part of an algorithm that you're pandering to quite well and you've succeeded in the algorithm. Now, Instagram in Canada and other countries have been testing the removal of the likes feature. This means that the pictures will be posted and you could like... (coughs) Sorry, I'm I'm dying of, like, chest and man flu. Um, Now... You can like the picture, but the 
the, the like number will not be public. The like metric would be left active only for the admin. Now, how does this affect influencers? Well, the like counts and the follow counts, if certain ones were removed, then it's down to how much content you can generate, how much push through you can create. Now, imagine you're a fake influencer with a, ma- a million followers, whether you've you've bought them or whether you've done nefarious means. And when you post something, because your followers aren't really engaging and you're buying likes or whatever, the ratio of your one million followers to the amount of likes you get will be different, disproportionate, inactive. Now, if you're, say, Beyonce, and you've got a million followers. I'm taking Beyonce as an example because that's the first celebrity that came to mind. Now, if you're Beyonce and you've got a million followers that are real followers, then you're more likely to get more engagement. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's because it's Beyonce. I mean, it would work for anybody else. If I had one million followers and they were real followers, then you'd get more engagement, more comments, more likes, more shares. Why is that important? Well, if you compare fake influencer against real influencer, so the one with a million followers that that don't engage properly, and the real influencer that has a million followers or more and does engage properly, if you're a business and you're paying that influencer, say, £2,000, you'd want to get the most engagement out of that £2,000 as possible. You give £2,000 to the fake influencer, you don't get the same conversion rate. Once again, maybe I shouldn't use Beyonce as an example because some people will buy because of that influencer themselves. But if those 1 million active followers on the real account had a post placed in front of them, you'll get much more conversions and shares from the real people that are engaged, from the real community that you have built Because if you're engaging with your community, if you're talking, if you're interacting, if you're communicating, if you're making them feel worthwhile, then they're going to interact with you, your content and the products that you are suggesting. If you're fake and you're not communicating and you're not replying and they're not even real people or they're bots, then they're not going to interact and they're not going to go buy things because bots can't buy t-shirts. Bots can't buy a product. So... Why is this important? Well, if you're removing likes and fo- like vanity metrics, businesses will then start asking those influencers, not based on how many followers they've got, not based on how many likes they get on average, but the conversion ratio of their products and their, their suggestions. So it makes it a little harder for fake influencers to actually fake. Now, if you come to me, for example, when I'm communicating with sponsors that hopefully will come on board with me, I can give them real metrics, the demographic of my audience, the views that I get on average, the amount of subscribers that I actually have, etc., etc., etc. If you're a fake influencer that have bought all of that, your metrics aren't real. The demographics may be there, but they're, you know, 53% male. 47% female, how many of those are bots, how many of those are active, I can give you an average interaction over the course of a month, can you give an average interaction over the course of a month for your bots, 
How many of those are going to disappear? How many do you have to rebuy? How many subscribers are you gaining? How many shares do you get? So, from a business standpoint, you'd get a more honest influencer that has to work harder to win you. On the flip side, it also now means that mental health-wise, because you're not having to keep up with your friends at school who always get 50 to 100 likes each time they post a picture, because nobody can see it, it means the pressure is off a little bit. Because Jamie always posts a picture and gets 20, 30, 50 likes, Fiona doesn't have to do the same. The vanity metrics sometimes can be harmful. They can generate depression. They can cause inferiority complex. It can be competitive. It can be toxic. So Facebook removing likes from its platform, I think could help. It would engage people more in community and communication When it comes to Instagram, once again, the likes will still be accessible in the admin. So if they're humanly active, then great. It may even help fake influencers pretend to be fake for a while. But until you start pitching for real numbers, that's when you'll see the difference between fake and real. But on the flip side, there won't be such a detrimental effect on your teenagers. And hopefully... Not as much pressure on you if you're listening to this and you're in that environment. But hey, at the end of the day, it just means that people are going to have to bubble down and boil down their content into either entertaining or educational content that actually leads to value to their audience, which will then increase the conversion rates. Ironically, that's exactly what the main topic of this podcast today is, entertainment versus education selfishness versus selflessness so yeah now before i deep dive into the benefits and the power of either being educational or entertaining in your youtube content i want to help you out why don't you go to alanspicer.com forward slash ebook to download my completely free ebook which teaches you the top 10 tips on how to start and grow your YouTube channel. It's completely free, it gives you a great foundation and it makes sure that you can help grow in the long run. So that's alanspicer.com forward slash ebook. Go and get that today. Once you've got past and understood that YouTube is about being selfless. You need to decide between entertaining or educating people, or trying to combine the two with edutainment, as one of my friends recently coined the phrase. Thank you very much, Desiree. Now, let's rewind for a second. The argument between selflessness and selfishness. Now, YouTube and any social media, if you want to grow on social media, you need to be selfless. You need to deliver value to somebody else. I've touched upon this before, the advantage of of value or the need to deliver value and leading with value. Now, if you're selfish, you'll be able to look at your YouTube content or your 
social media content and you'll see if you're truly honest with yourself that either you're saying me 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 look at me look at my life look at what i do in your videos or you're posting stuff like come and buy my product have a look at my product have a look at my video look at how great my testimonial is have a look at my service have a look at this product have a look at that thing right that is selfish content that is only serving you. The only person who cares about your product is you. The only person who cares about your travel and your journeys and you going on holiday and you getting that new car is you. Nobody cares about you, especially when you first start. That's the lesson that you need to learn, whether you can be selfish or whether you can be selfless. Now, if you're Logan Paul you've got wiggle room to be selfish because you've got a baked-in audience. People want to see you. People want to see your new Lamborghini. They want to see you in a hotel room blow your brains out. Now, you can't do that if you're a smaller YouTuber or a content creator or starting a small business because, as I've said, and as will be placed at the end of this YouTube um, yeah, podcasty, clippy thingy that I'm doing right now, I, I will take you a trip down memory lane and play you one of my YouTube videos, which is why people don't care about you. Now, at the end of the day, if you switch into selflessness and you start creating content for them and you have them in mind and you understand that you are trading five, ten minutes of their time for their attention, then you'll be able to start creating the right content. I have nearly 400 videos on my YouTube channel now. Around about 350 of those are how-tos. How to use this feature, how to do that feature, how to get more subscribers, how to get more watch time, how to start a YouTube channel, how to start a podcast. They are me understanding that you have a need, that you will have searched YouTube and I've answered your question. Yes, there is an ulterior motive deep, deep, deep within that if I create enough helpful content that maybe you'll subscribe or maybe you'll want to use me as a YouTube consultant, maybe you'll employ me in the long run to help grow your YouTube channel, help consult on your content. But the baseline there is selflessness. I wanted to put out 350, 400 videos that would help someone. I don't care how many views they get, as long as when someone searches and finds it, it answers their question. That is the base of my business. That is the base of my content. And in the process, I get the byproduct of that. And I don't mean after five videos, I'm going, look, I've done five how-to videos. Where are my subscribers? Because so many people do that. Look, look, I gave, I gave all this away, right? I gave out all my tips or I gave like, you know, but why aren't they giving back? No, that's not how it works. You can't start being nice to people and handing out favours on the idea that they owe you for that favour. They didn't know it was a favour. I've been My YouTube channel's been around for two and a half years. I'm very, 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 very lucky and feeling very humble to the fact that I'm about to hit 10,000 subscribers in about a month. They choose to find me 
Hopefully my content helps them. They stick around and communicate. And in the process, they're helping me build my brand. They're helping me build my reputation. One view at a time, one subscriber at a time, helps me with my next sale outside of that bubble. I don't need to monetize my YouTube audience. I make $200 a month off of YouTube, if that it's not YouTube directly that makes me my money. It is the aura that I can build. It is the reputation that I can build. It is the proof in the pudding that I know what I'm talking about on YouTube that helps bring clients to me for video editing, for consulting, for one-to-one -one chats, for brand development, that kind of thing. So I don't mind putting out YouTube content that is selfless, because that's the point of that medium, and you should do the same. You should be focused on selfless content. Because if every day you put up a video, you're expecting more and more views. If every day you put up a video and you assume that that in return should give you t-shirt sales or that should give you referral links then you're doing it wrong yeah I get affiliate traffic yeah I get the occasional product sale or merchandise right sold but that wasn't my my overarching concern and it shouldn't be yours either what you should do is focus on either entertaining or educating people now now that we've caught up to this point there are two types of YouTuber. Either you are a big hairy man that makes people laugh, right, through gaming or movie reviews or things that's in the news, right, whether it's pranks, whether it's something that's funny, entertaining and strange, or you educate them and you teach them something whether it's fishing, whether it's acting, whether it's how to knit, whether it's YouTube, whether it's social media, you're either educating people or entertaining people on YouTube to grow a successful channel. Now, personality channels move outside of that, but even then, Logan Paul, who may be creating completely selfish content, is still entertaining his audience base. Right? On the flip side... You have Vsauce, which is highly educational, non-stop educational, right? But you're also there for Michael. Or you're watching Sci-Fi, or Sci-Show, for Hank Green, or Vlogbrothers, for that matter, right? But the divide is, on a successful YouTube channel in 2019, 2020, and onwards... You either need to be educating people or entertaining people or edutaining people. Now, have a look at your content. Is it selfless? Is it entertaining? I mean, if you're just stood there in front of a camera and you're talking about your film that you watched recently or a book that you watched recently, are you truly adding them value? If you are, great. If you're not, tweak your formula. Me just sat there talking to a camera, well, I like this book, and this book has 400 pages, and I really like where the main character does... That's not entertaining. 
Is there a personality behind you? Is there a bubble, right? If you struggle with being entertaining and funny, if you can't do jokes, if you can't tell a story properly, maybe go down the educational route, right? There are some YouTube educators which I've I've had talks with a few of my clients, and a few of my clients in the past have just said, "I really like you, Alan, because you, you you're bubbly, you say it as it is. There's there's a bit of humour to your education." I really like this other educator. He knows exactly what he's talking about. But, oh, dear Lord, does he drone on? I mean, he knows what he's talking about, but he just, he's much more of a talker. He, he just just rumbles on and, 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 yeah, right? So you can still be educational and entertaining, or you can still be successful as someone that can't be entertaining but can be educational. You need to focus on the skill that you have. So let's say you aren't a personality that can create entertaining content. You try, you have the odd occasional joke that lands okay, but overall you have a solid base in education. That's fine. You can step through any skill that you know the best of your knowledge to in education. It can be as dry as you wish, as long as you get the facts in, as long as it adds value, as long as it gives that value to your audience on a regular basis, then they are going to come to you to learn how to rewire a car, how to sort out your electrics, how to create a woodwork duck, whatever. The advantage there is that you are clearly leading with the value proposition that is direct advice and practical answers, or practical knowledge, right? You don't necessarily want a teacher teaching you science or mathematics that is so wild, right? If if you go to a YouTube channel where they're talking through the specifications of a computer, right, you want to know the fine details, Right? You want to know the, the, the data speeds. You want to know what piece of RAM and how to connect and how to solder this. And that's perfect. If you're teaching survival skills, you don't want them to be joking around. This could be serious. So you'd want them to be deadpan. You'd want them to be factual and straight to the point. So have a look at yourself. Can you entertain? Great. That entertainment could be you experiencing the movie and you explaining it to them or you showing people how wild and stupid you can be, prank videos, or you screaming scared whilst playing a a, a computer game like a horror movie like PewDiePie. I mean, that's all he did. He wasn't giving a life advice. He entertained people by screaming into a game called Amnesia and now he's got... 104 million subscribers. Or you understand that your strengths lie in education and you go that route. If, and I feel I am lucky, if you fall somewhere in the middle and you feel that you have a personality that could do both, then try and lead with a value proposition that you're more comfortable in. I like the idea of teaching. I like the idea of having a long-term plan. Now, my I always always knew when I started my YouTube channel, which is the Alan Spicer YouTube channel, 
if you haven't, by the way, seen that, I'm assuming you have, go to youtube.com forward slash Alan Spicer. My plan was always to make tutorials for that channel. It was always to educate first, hopefully with an entertaining twist, rather than entertaining people with an educational twist, right? Um, for example, the Vlogbrothers are very good at entertaining with an educational twist. Um... But I'm very lucky that I'm able to edutain. So if you watch my YouTube tutorials, every now and then I'll throw in a joke, I'll make you smile, I'll make you laugh while you're learning, and it's great. But the power of education versus entertainment, when it is selfless, can really grow your YouTube channel. You just need to make those choices. Be selfless. Understand the value that you are offering to someone. Reevaluate your channel if you need to. Right? So if you're a gamer <clears throat> and you are creating gaming content right now, that's fine. Just find a way to either entertain people about uh, entertain people around that game, which can be hard if it's just a just play or that's play, or you educate them. Teach them how to get the best weapon in the game. Teach them how to beat one of the puzzles. How to beat a certain level. That kind of thing. You need to evaluate what value you're offering. And whether you're going education, entertainment, or education, edutainment, somewhere in the middle. And then push forward that way. Once you understand your strengths and you know that you need to be selfless, that it's just down to creating. So go out there, start creating, and make people care about you and your content. Now, so many people I know focus on their failure on how to grow a YouTube channel. They complain that they've been around for ages and they just don't seem to be growing. And they, they don't understand why people aren't engaging or why people don't care. And frankly, they don't care because you don't offer them anything. And in today's trip down memory lane, I'll give you a quite blistering point of view as I share my video from YouTube, which is pretty much explaining to you why people don't give a fuck about you or your channel. Nobody gives a fuck about your channel unless you give them a reason. Hello, welcome back. I'm Alan Spicer, your YouTube certified expert, and I'm here to give you a touch of reality, a snippet of advice that you should really drill into your head. Are you a new YouTuber? Are you a YouTuber that's been on the platform for five, 10 years? Are you growing? Are you giving value? This is gonna be a very direct video and hopefully it lands exactly where it needs to be. It needs to get inside your head. So many times I've been asked, Alan, why aren't I growing? Alan, I've put out 400 videos, why am I not getting the views? Alan, I'm getting views, but I'm not getting subscribers. Why aren't I growing? Why can that person start a channel two years ago and they're huge, and I started a channel five years ago and nothing? Nobody owes you 
anything. Nobody gives a fuck about you because you haven't given a fuck about your audience. When I started this YouTube channel, I had to start from zero, just like anybody else. And I'm barreling down the site of 10,000 subscribers in about two and a half years. I'm not entertainment, I'm not doing prank videos, I'm not making you laugh, I'm not eating shit sandwiches. What I'm doing is giving you value. I'm making you, hopefully, care about me and my videos. I'm giving you a reason to watch me. Is that my lifestyle? Is that me swanning around in Africa? Is that me skydiving? No, I'm actually answering your questions. The most popular searched questions that you and many other people have searched for in your situation. You were sat down at your computer asking, how do I add in cards? How do I delete a channel? How do I report a channel? How do I get more views? How do I get more subscribers? How do I prove retention? You didn't care who was at the end of the search results as long as they gave you an answer. You didn't give a fuck if it was me, but now hopefully you've arrived and hopefully you find me helpful and hopefully you find me entertaining. So now you know who I am because I've given you a reason. Me existing on YouTube is now helpful and useful to you because if I wasn't useful and I didn't give you a reason to care, you wouldn't be around. Now this works for any channel. It doesn't have to be an educational channel. You just have to give them a reason for people to care about you. Do you create comedy content on a Tuesday and Friday that will lift people's spirits and make them chuckle and forget that they've had a bad day? Are you a teenager that's sharing their school life and teaching other people in your situation that's what life's about? Maybe you're talking to the younger audience. Maybe you're a teenager right? And you're like Emma Blackery or Carrie Hope Fletcher and you've got a younger audience that you're now educating in. Don't worry, give it time. This is what life will be in time and you're carrying them through. You're helping them through with your experience. Are you Nick Nimmin? Are you Roberto Blake? Or are you me? Are you teaching someone something very specific about their niche? How to set up a camera? How to clean a camera? How to eliminate shake? How to start passive income? They won't care about you unless you've given them a reason. You can't necessarily turn on a camera and vlog around like Logan Paul on shot video number one because they're not invested in you. Hopefully I feel that I've earned the right to start putting clips of my personality, clips of my weird life and my my sense of humour into the community tab and onto TikTok and onto Instagram and onto Twitter because after two and a half years I've built up an audience that is eight, nine, ten thousand subscribers at this point and hopefully you're intrigued by me, because I finally taught you something, you've stuck around, you've listened to my Start Creating podcast. But from day one, you need to lead with value, because otherwise, they won't care. If you want to learn how to lead with value, I've done a video right here. Go out there, start creating, and make people care. Thank you for listening to the Start Creating Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks and advice from Alan Spicer, that's me, then go to youtube.com forward slash Alan Spicer and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. See you soon. Go out there, start creating.